0: Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 133. I'm Ryan Thogmartin, that is Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison, and uh, Thanksgiving's over, now what?
1: Uh, Thanksgiving's over, now we're in the full-blown holiday season, which for me it actually starts at Thanksgiving, according to Walmart and the radio stations, it starts way earlier than that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so is it customary now to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it just you start that about uh, the third week of football season for college. <laughs> you just carry that on you know, forever. And that runs till Easter in some regions of our country. That's right. Lights off the porch. So uh, let's just real quickly. We have Jamie and our crew from CNJ that uh, powers this thing. So let's go ahead and recognize them.
2: What payment method do you prefer families use for your goods and services? Most funeral homes and cemeteries prefer cash check or credit card over life insurance as the preferred method of payment. However, families who use life insurance are able to purchase the funeral service of their choice and spend 31% more on your goods and services. By encouraging more families to pay with insurance, you can create a better experience for the family and become more profitable without increasing your call volume. The reason most firms prefer cash check or credit card over life insurance is that insurance companies are a hassle to deal with, and payment can often take weeks or months to receive. With c Financial, you can receive funding within 24 hours of verification of benefit, thereby eliminating the hassle, headache, and cash flow delay in processing insurance death claims. Let us show you why hundreds of funeral homes all across America choose C&J for their assignment funding needs, and why many associations, accounting firms, and industry leaders Recommend C and J to their clients and members.
1: Okay, Ryan, uh, I went solo last week simply because we didn't really announce what was going on. And uh, you have actually had a couple one-two punches. And I think, uh, well, frankly, you agreed to talk about that a little bit. You only share what was going on with you during the Thanksgiving and up-to-date holiday.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, My grandmother had a heart attack the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Um, Went to the hospital, had another heart attack the next day, uh, and then was put in in hospice and palliative care. And then uh, on on Thanksgiving, uh, my uncle had a heart attack and passed away, and then my grandmother ended up passing uh, this past Tuesday. So it's been a uh, it's been a rough couple weeks uh for our family, but you know it's this is my first experience with a, an immediate family member family member uh, that has passed since I've been in the funeral space. So in the last 14 years, um, my wife's grandmother passed, and uh, I was a part of that. But you know, from my immediate family. Uh, this it's been different being on uh, the other side of, of the conversation um, and it's it's been pretty eye-opening from going to make pre-arrangements for my grandparents about six months ago to then following through with um, hospice and, and palliative care and then actually kind of finalizing the arrangements um, the different emotions the uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to every little nuance of the process. Um, you know, palliative care was, was fantastic. Uh, the comfort care was, was great. Uh, the job that, that hospice people do is phenomenal um, and, and that really eases it, shouldn't, uh, it doesn't ease the process, I shouldn't say that, but it does make that process more comfortable from a, from a family standpoint. So it was really neat to be able to spend the last kind of 10 days with my grandmother. Once she was put on hospice care, she rallied for about three days and went from not being able to sit up and feed herself to eating, drinking, and feeding herself for about three days. And then once Thanksgiving hit, um, you know that's when she started to go downhill. So I think she rallied really hard for Thanksgiving, and all of our family uh, was able to make it in town to you know spend Thanksgiving around her hospice bed and sing hymns and do all those things. So a couple takeaways uh, for me, kind of going through this: one, uh, my preneed experience, um, making prearrangements with, with, with my grandfather for him and my mother. Uh that process, if it is mapped the way it went for us, um, is a hundred percent broken. Um, you know, the the 45 minutes of family questions and you know, family tree could easily be handled prior to the family actually coming in and making the arrangement. So I have a lot to say that would take a couple three episodes to, uh, to get that out, but um, you know I,
1: necessarily a good experience for you it,
0: it wasn't terrible you know if I knew nothing about the profession um, you know I probably wouldn't have had the expectations I had coming into it knowing the things that are available from a personalization standpoint knowing the companies that exist that could have made that you know if the funeral home used some of that technology that would have made the process much more. I want to say enjoyable, but, um, you know, I, I left the prearrangement like, man, this is an hour and a half that I'll never get back. And we really didn't even talk about my grandmother or my grandfather's life. It was just, you data know, gap- date, yes. Data gathering that, that was, you know, could have been handled through an email or something prior or, you know, different software that exists. So, you know, that process was, is broken, I think, um, a lot. And, you know, I've, as we've dealt with some of our clients and, and uh, worked with some hospice and palliative care uh, employees and professionals um, through a couple of different companies that we work with, I understand now why hospice has a lot of hospice professionals have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to funeral directors. Um, you know, my, my grandmother passed away at 808. Uh, the funeral home was called at 8.25, uh, and the, we were 20 minutes from the funeral home at best, uh, and it was uh, almost two and a half hours before the funeral home got there to, to make the removal, and when the funeral director came in, it was just un, no, no emotion, no facial expression, very monotone, hi, I'm so-and-so Was XYZ funeral home, and... I'm here to take your grandmother into our care. I'm sorry for your loss. Do you have any questions? Um, and so, you know, for me, it, I don't know, I, I was super let down at just, you know we we spent the last ten days with people who were caring and wanted to make the process bearable and and as comfortable as possible to where you know even the hospital staff was in the room uh, with us as my grandmother, you know, took her last few breaths and they were in tears. The hospice lady was in tears. Like it was a very emotional time. And, and then the funeral director walks in super, just I hate to say it, but the stereotype of cold and stodgy was exactly what was represented when that funeral director arrived. Um, and so that, that was, that was, you know, a bummer for me. I, I don't know. I just, There were two big strikes with that. Um, Now, I will say when we went to meet with the funeral home, my grandfather did have some changes that he wanted to make to the pre-plan as he's now thought about what transpired over the last six months. And the funeral director was very gracious with that and explained everything to him, and that process was wonderful. And you know, my grandfather can kind of punch below the belt sometimes, and the funeral director came right back at him as he should have, and uh, that process was was wonderful. But there's a couple takeaways, and I'm, then I'll I'll just stop talking. But um, spending ten days in a row around the uh, a hospital bed, where after 48 hours hospice is called, and you know we're gonna take your grandmother off of all medication, no IV drips. She had do not resuscitate in her her living will, and so she went from, we thought she was going to be unhooked from everything. And that was going to be the end to once she was unhooked, it was like she was rejuvenated and all the medicine that was supposed to keep her alive. It didn't do its job. And she was far better for the 72 hours following being unhooked from everything. Um, and so it, it, a couple of different takeaways. One, um, I've never been with anybody in that, that end of life period. And my grandmother said multiple, four different times that the door to heaven was open. Uh, So that was super comforting for our family, but just to be able to have, you know, see her have the awareness, like she had a choice of when she wanted, wanted to go was, was pretty phenomenal. Um, Family gathering, uh, you know, almost 30 people in a hospital room holding hands and singing hymns and, Um, you know, just conversating and memory telling, um, you know, my grandmother gave every single person in the family, one-on-one instructions, uh, the grandsons that weren't married, they were told they need to find a strong woman to take care of them and they needed to hurry. Um, you know, uh, we were instructed to take care of my grandfather, um, instructed to put one of her prize recipes inside of her coffin with her uh you know just a lot of great conversation but from you know my grandmother seemed at peace with all of it and she was aware of the situation and she was aware of what was transpiring and you know you have this hope on the other side that you know maybe she pulls through but you know reality and when that happens there the the thing that was the biggest that stood out to me the most in that process was the regret not from my grandmother's side but from the family side of all of the things that were never said come spewing out and all of the emotion and all of the I love you's and you're the greatest in the world all the things that would have made great conversations and and really connected people deeper were all of a sudden spewed out in the last 72 hours before the last breath because they were never said before. And for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways of, you know, we bottle a lot of things inside and don't say the things that should be said. And then when that moment comes, it's like a a geyser gushing with all of this emotion and all of these I love yous and regret from I should have done this with her and she really wanted to go here and we should have taken her there and we never did or I never made time to come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And um, we had one family member that, that traveled international to get here that that hasn't been home for an extended period of time for a few years and said, I had no idea the love that I was missing by not being connected. And I've never been in an environment where there was that much love in one place. And so that was you know, just those are a few interesting takeaways and and I'm trying to, you know, we're, we're, the, the funeral takes place in two days and um, so after that I'm, I'm going to kind of try to digest all of that and, and put it into some content because, you know, one, the consumer doesn't know everything that exists that would make that process easier. Um, to be able to tell those stories and to be able to archive the memories and the things that you know, my grandmother just started talking when we thought she just opened her eyes and started telling stories. And it was labored a breath between every single word, but it was like she had this stuff that she wanted to get out. And and the family did as well, where there's a lot of things that are available to help us through that process from the pre-planning stage, all the way through burial or cremation. And the consumer doesn't know what exists unless the professional tells them. And I think that is a gigantic Grand Canyon that separates the profession from the consumer where, you know, I, I fully believe that some of these companies, if they would take the consumer into their own hands and educate the consumer on what's available and, and route them back to the funeral director um, to get that service The profession would be in a lot better place because the consumer is reliant on whatever the funeral director tells them and through our process as soon as the word price was mentioned by my grandfather the conversation completely changed and nothing was presented except the bare minimum and there's a lot of things that i think my family would have found valuable Uh, that were not presented, that now I'm going and saying, okay, we can order this jewelry, or we can have this send off, or we can do a dove release, or we can do the the things that would have meant a lot to my grandmother, just like, um, you know, the Foresight companies, uh, planting a tree in my grandmother's memory. She would have loved that, like, like that was my grandmother at the core, like flowers and gardening and, you know, pets. Um, I, I don't know, there's just, I feel like there's a lot of work that has to be done on my end to educate the family, my, my family on what is available because things weren't presented by the funeral director because price was, you know, mentioned and all of a sudden the conversation just is all about price from that point. And, you know, that um, outside of that, I mean, my grandmother's going to have a great funeral. Don't get me wrong. Like it's going to be wonderful. It's a perfect send off for her personality and um, the things that she loved have, have, been interwoven into parts of, of the service, but there's a whole lot more that's out there that, you know, I know it exists because I'm in the profession, but 99% of consumers have no idea. There's a ton of things that could ease that process.
1: Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, just sitting here listening to you, uh, a few things come to mind as you were talking. Number one, um, I fully agree and understand about the impersonal uh, transfer and or removal. Um, that was something when I started my own funeral homes, I spoke, spent time with hospice owners. And that was one of the things they mentioned That it's just, you know, come in there. It's almost like uh, picking up anything, move mm-hmm. on. Yes. There's the basic condolence, et cetera. But gosh, we could do a lot better job. And there are funeral homes that do. I'm mm-hmm. sorry that your family had to experience that. And if, frankly, this were where I believe that training mm-hmm. uh, is a must. And I, I can tell you I've had tremendous success uh, with transfer because that is a memorable opportunity. It's the last time that they have a real touch with that person prior to coming to the funeral home. Yeah. Uh, secondly you know, you shared about emotions and what was said and wasn't said. Um, we're, we're in the holiday season and holidays generally for most people are about family and friends. And we don't have those discussions. We get busy. We go do the things. Um, you know, you can't text how much I love you. That's right. uh, and you wish you would have done that face-to-face in many instances. So um, for me listening Uh, The lesson learned here is let's spend a little more time, especially right now, uh, because we aren't guaranteed anything. And, you know, for our funeral professionals, the FNers out there, you're not immune either, uh, as we see to Ryan losing a loved one. And, uh, frankly, funeral directors and funeral homeowners die. I know that's a weird phenomenon, but we've seen that happen this past year. And then, finally, I couldn't agree with you more that we do, some do, I'm not Painting this brush all across the board, just a really poor job of sharing anything with a family other than the script.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, uh, there's so many training opportunities out here. And yeah, I get it. You know, been in the same spot while well, I do this, same family, same information, etc. But that government, folks, we're the reason <laughs> that we're losing business out here because we're not really providing value. It's not about the dollars, it's about the value. I'm going to take a quick break. Speaking of value, our friends uh, that we need to talk about with the deep value and tentacles in our business, Kraken. You know, I've uh, referred them a couple times this week, and guess what? The funeral home owners looked at it, the directors, the dashboard's there. It's an automatic. Please take a few minutes to reach out to the Kraken team and just take a look. It won't hurt you. It's sort of like, you know, uh, what do we say? Uh, talking about death, I think Gail says is talking about death won't kill you.
0: That's right. Um,
1: pick up the phone and take a look at this. Let's run the cracking promo.
2: Where do you go when you need to get information quickly? Ask a colleague, check your notes, make an assumption? How much better would your work be and how much time could you save if that information actually existed at your fingertips? Kraken dashboards provide your team with real-time information you can access at work, at home, on the road, or at play. Kraken's productivity tools help you measure and analyze key pieces of information so you can make better, more insightful decisions. The Kraken dashboard is always on, easy to use, and designed for every employee in your funeral home. Everyone can access the dashboard and act on the information it provides. And perhaps the most important benefit of using the dashboard, it provides your team with specific relevant and actionable information so you can work better together tips like these can free up your time so you can spend more time with your families learn more about kraken's productivity and efficiency tools at kraken.net how will you spend the time you save let's get kraken
1: so ryan um i think what you just shared was really heartfelt and i'm grateful that you shared a personal experience with your family that most people don't get to hear mm. from the other side. You know, we hear about all the good things, but if you had been not in this profession, um, you would have walked away saying, well, that's it. And that's not necessarily what I want. That's right. So, uh, I agree with you that we, uh, as a team, and also as you're, uh, doing your work that we need to do a better job to say, Hey, you know what, we need to wake up here. This, uh, I said it before, there's no mirrors in funeral homes. We're all assuming that people want cremation and go away, or you mentioned price and people just fall apart. Well, this is the least we have, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not cutting it, people. We could do better. Right. Um, So next week, I'm going to be in New Orleans uh, the whole week. How about yourself? Are you in-house there?
0: I am in-house. I have zero travel planned from now to the end of the year, and I'm ecstatic about it. You know, it's... (laughs) The last two weeks out of the office haven't been planned, so I was supposed to be here. So now it's it's playing catch up, but you know it's it, this is a great time for me and our team to reflect on the year. And uh, we do a thing the last week of the year we call Recharge Week, where you know everybody works from home and spends the holidays with family that that Christmas Eve to to New Year's Day and really can recharge and get focused on, on the goals that we set for next year and come back refreshed. So I'm pretty excited for the next few weeks.
1: Good. Well, I tell you what, let's uh, reconvene next week. I might have a couple guests with me down in uh, New Orleans. Some Perfect. And uh, you know, my, my heart, Funeral Nation's heart, I reached out to you my uh, condolences and loss on both your uncle and your grandmother. Thank you. And uh, I think through this experience, um, you'll help us all to be better at what we do.
0: I hope so. Jeff, before we wrap up, we've got one more special sponsor that is, you know, we're, we just talked about change and making an impact on the profession. Sitch is absolutely doing that. So let's, let's run that Sitch promo. That'll wrap up. I said 133 at at, at the front end, so I'm pretty sure this is 133, but that's the end of it. So until next week, or no, until next time, have a great effing week.
1: Out here.